Spirit of God who dwells on the inside of us that grants unto us revelation, insight, wisdom into your word, Father. He's the great teacher and the explainer, Father, and so we depend entirely upon him for revelation, insight, and wisdom, Father. We thank you for these things. We give you the praise and the honor for our Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's open up our Bibles to the book of Philippians chapter 3. We'll continue there today. We've been, we've been on, on verse 10 for a little while, and um, we'll, we'll pick it up again in verse 10 uh, tonight. There's just a lot of... In, in these several verses that are, that are uh, here in this one section, there's so many good things in this, uh, these verses that uh, it's helpful for us to spend a little time in them. And so we had read uh, verse 10 where it says that I may know him and the power, that word power there is dunamis, supernatural miracle work and power of God, that I may know him and the supernatural miracle work and power of his resurrection. So that's when he delivered that power to the church as a whole was at his resurrection. Now, and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. And we had started talking a little bit about the fellowship of his sufferings. And the only sufferings that the Lord ever intends the, the church, and again, when I say intends, it's... it's, it's um, Really, the sufferings that the church will experience are the sufferings of persecution, which really comes about in service to the Lord. So as we serve the Lord and we, as we uh, preach the gospel, whatever, we will be persecuted. If we live a life of faith, the Bible says that, that persecution arises immediately for the word's sake. Amen. So if you live by the word, if you read the word of God and say, I'm going to do that, you will be persecuted. Amen. Uh, and, um, you know, just even in our group, because we believe in speaking in other tongues, we believe in the laying on of hands, we believe in, in uh, uh, even in the raising of the dead, right? We believe in, in that miracles are available to us today uh, by faith. Uh, we believe that uh, what, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, you shall have them, which would include basically anything that you have need of, right? Would include finances, and would include, you know, a sound mind, include wisdom, Basically, anything that you have need of in this life, because he told us in, in multiple places that, uh, that he's given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Well, if he's given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, what's left out? There would be nothing left out, right? So if it pertains to your life or pertains to you being a godly person, then the Lord has already provided. He has given us these things. Amen. So it, the, only, the, the way that we receive them, he's given to them. That's just like he's given salvation to the whole world but the world has to receive it, amen? So he's given us all things, but we have to receive it by faith. And that's really the, the, where the, the failure comes in. It's not so much that God hasn't given it, it's the, the failure that man hasn't received it, amen? Uh, God has given all the salvation he's ever going to give. Uh, he's not going to go back to the cross anymore, amen? He's given all the blood that he's ever going to give. He's not going to go back and shed any more blood. Uh, yet men have to receive it in order for it to be a benefit in their life. Uh, and, and they have to do that by faith. They receive it by faith, amen? Because were they there when Jesus died on the cross? No. Then the only way they can receive salvation is by faith. They can't look at it and go, well, yeah, I saw him on the cross. Therefore, you know, I believe that, that he died for my sins. No, they have to receive it by faith. Amen. Well, if you believe those things, you will be persecuted. You know, people will persecute. You know, I have been persecuted many times. And when I say persecuted, I mean people say mean things about you. You know, oh, you're one of those, you're one of those uh, prosperity gospel people. Uh, yeah, you're not, you know. Uh, and you're one of those tongue talkers. Yeah, you're not. I mean, you should be, right? I mean, that's in the Bible, amen? One of the best documented do doctrines there are in the New Testament is, is that you should speak with other tongues, amen? And even in our circles, some people just, uh, you know, there's such a drive, there's such a desire for some people to, to stand out. And the way that they want to stand out is to be contrary, you know? And so whatever you believe, they just believe different. 
And so the entire Pentecostal church believes that the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues is for all Christians today, not just the Pentecostal Christians, all Christians today. And there's some people, no, it's not for, it, tongues is not for everybody. Well, 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 why not? I mean, you know, uh, and they'll, they'll put, pick some obscure, ver- I mean, just like the most obscure verse and find one word out of the obscure verse. Uh, and when I say obscure, it just, it's kind of off by itself, right? It doesn't flow with all the other verses. And they'll pick up one verse, and one word of that one verse, and they'll say, well, they build an entire doctrine of that. And I know one person did it one time, and they was telling me. And so, you know, I haven't studied that one verse, that one word of that one verse. So I went and looked it up. And, yeah, the King James says it one way. And if you build your doctrine on the King James word, then, yeah, maybe you could. But if you look up what the word means, it's one of these kind of words that just means it could be or or with or by. or You know, it's one of those prepositions that, that could be a lot of different things, right? Uh, and so, so who's to say what the correct translation is? You don't pick that one verse. You look at the whole counsel of God. And when you put that one verse in the whole counsel of God, it has to say what all the other verses say. And so uh, a, a good student of the word would never pull out one verse and build an entire doctrine on one verse. That would be foolish and, uh, and it would be fanatical, right? Because you're not, you're not open-minded to well, what does God say everywhere, Amen. You know, the, uh, if, you will, if you will study the Word of God with, a, with, a, with an eye of looking at all of the whole Bible, amen, uh, it, it's be exceedingly rare that you'll have these weird, off, nobody's ever done this uh, doctrine before uh, type of mentality, amen? Uh, but if you're, if you're wanting to stand out, you will do that. You will pick out one verse and you will make it say whatever you want it to say. And, and, you know, the thing is, the, the doctrine that we teach around here, the doctrines, you know, that we teach around here, I mean, you could pick any great faith teacher, Brother Hagen, Lester Sumrall, T.L. Osborne, Norval Hayes, you know, John Olstein, any of those fellows like that. There won't be a dime's worth of difference between what we teach and what they teach. We'll have some little nuances here and there, some insight maybe about this area, that area. But as far as overall, it's going to be pretty much why, because... We have all studied the scriptures in detail. We, there is no other way to look at it other than that. Amen. Uh, and, you know, we, we tweak it and we, we add some insight to these things, but the general flow is still the same. God wants every person on the world to be saved, to be born again. He wants every Christian to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. He wants every Christian to speak with other tongues. He wants every Christian to have available to them signs, wonders, diverse miracles, gifts of the Holy Ghost as they have need of. Uh, and he wants to prosper you in all, all areas of your life. I mean, and, you know, people say, what's your statement of faith? It's the Bible. You know, you know we had to do, we had to do a statement of faith in order to, to charter the church, right? Legally, you have to have a statement of faith that says, here's what we believe. But it, to me, it's a waste of effort because, well, I believe just if it's in the Bible. I, well, do you know everything in the Bible? Well, no. I mean, I've read the whole Bible, but I don't really know everything in the Bible. But it, if you ask me to open up a verse and say, do you believe that? I would say, yes, I believe that. Amen. Well, do you even understand the whole Bible? Well, no, I don't understand the whole Bible. Uh, and don't you feel bad? I, what, do you understand the whole Bible? <laughs> it's like saying, do you understand God? Do you understand all there is to know about God? Well, no. Uh, and so I, don't, I understand what I understand. And if I don't understand it, then, you know, then I, you know, if it's something important, I'll go to the Lord. Amen. Say, what, what's up with that? So you will be persecuted. Amen. Uh, and, uh, and, of course, he says fellowship of his sufferings. So the only sufferings that you really need to be experiencing as a child of God is, uh, is um, the, the suffering of persecution. Other than that, if there's any suffering going on, you should be able to use your faith to get out of it. Amen? And, and I still think that, that uh, even the sufferings of persecution uh, 
within a certain amount, you have the right, the privilege to get out of it because he said that, that he would deliver you from wicked and unreasonable people. Amen, wicked and unreasonable men, but that would include women as well. Anybody ever known any wicked and unreasonable women? There are plenty of them out there, right? Yeah. And so it, uh, <laughs> it's, not, it's not limited to, to gen- and after the service, we're going to have some uh, marriage counseling and stuff. So, uh, but um, but uh, <clears throat> there are wicked and reasonable men. There are wicked and unreasonable women. Amen. Uh, and so, um, uh, so you know, e- even in that. But I remember years ago, someone was preaching from the pulpit, and they said these words. They said, "If you go in the ministry, and uh, unless you eat oranges every day for a year uh, because you're so poor you can't buy any real food, you're not suffering." Uh, at all, like the Lord wants you to. Now, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You got any book, chapter, and verse for that? Any book, chapter, verse says, unless thou eat its oranges, thou shalt not be a great minister of God? No. I thought he said, given it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and run over. I thought he said, but my God shall supply all you need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Didn't he say that? He said, didn't David said, I was young, and now I'm old, and yet I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread? I mean, uh, how many verses could we go through, right? Bunches of them, amen? Um, we can go through hundreds of them, literally. That God, you know, didn't he say that uh, he has the cattle on a thousand hills, that the, that the gold is his, the silver is his, amen? Uh, and, and so, uh, and didn't he say that uh, he's given us all things that pertain to the life of godliness, amen? So, I mean, so for someone to say that, see, uh, the problem was they didn't understand about sowing and reaping. And because they didn't understand about sowing and reaping, they had not been reaping. Amen? Because if you're sowing, what should you be doing? You be, should be reaping. But, you be, if, but if you're sowing only by faith, amen? If you're sowing to get, well, that's not why you do it. You sow by faith that the Spirit of God has instructed us by the Word of God to sow. Amen? That's why we give, because He's instructed us to give. Uh, and so uh, if you're not doing that, if you're not reaping, then you might want to check on, either on your sowing or your faith in your sowing. Amen. Uh, and so, but he, but he said that with great conviction, unless you're dirt poor for the first year. Uh, and then they talk about, you know, like Brother Hagin, how he, how he suffered. But if, you, uh, but if you know Brother Hagin's story, he, when he left his last church and went into field ministry, he said for a year he was dirt poor. Just in fact, he ended up, he said he wasn't, he wasn't at the bottom barrel. He said he was under the barrel and the barrel was on top of him. Uh, and that's how poor he was for the first year. And he went to the Lord, said, Lord, you know, I mean, you said that, uh, and he quoted uh, uh, Isaiah 1, 9, says that, that uh, you, uh, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Well, wouldn't that mean that you're reasonably prosperous, right? Didn't 3 John verse 2 say, uh, beloved, I wish above all things, above all things that thou mayest uh, prosper and be in health, even as what? Soul. Thy soul prospereth, right? But he, he said, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as a soul prosper. So, so he wasn't talking about spiritual prosperity because he covered that at the end, right? Uh, so he was talking about material uh, prosperity. I, you know, I don't know. I just have, uh, you know, I just don't know why that's such a controversial subject. I mean, uh, has anybody ever abused that? I mean, so many people have abused that, you know, the idea of, of, of prosperity, right? In the pulpit, right? We have abused that doctrine. Just uh, is no telling how much we've abused that. So what? What's that got to do with me? What's that got to do with the Word of God? There's stupid people everywhere. There are people who just uh, malign the Scriptures and use the Scriptures for their personal benefit every day. Charlatans, right, who do that every day. 
So, what's that got to do with the truth? I don't build my life on what they do or what they say. I build my life on what the Word says. Amen? And if I let some human being dictate to me what the Word of God says, that, that is a foolish endeavor. You are a, a foolish uh, child of God if you let somebody else tell you uh, by their actions that the Word of God is not so. Uh, and people do that all the time, right? Well, you know, they're driving around in some, you know, fancy car, and they, they got these fancy houses, and they got gold-plated dog bowls and all these things, and, you know, that's just wrong. Well, are they stealing money from somebody? I mean, you know, uh, you know, usually you know, if someone asks me if something is wrong, I'm not their judge. You know, I, who am I to judge them? Amen? Now, if they're, if they're stealing money from old people or something, you know, and just... Uh, going up, uh, you know, and people have done this where they get up in the pulpit and thus said the Lord, the Lord showed me that you got $100 in your, in, your, uh, in your top left-hand drawer of your dresser and you're supposed to give that to me. Well, that is not God, right? And yet, have people fallen for that? They have. That's called a familiar spirit. That's a demonic spirit that he would do that, right? Because there's no, there's not, you don't see that anywhere in, in the Word of God where, where the Lord has, has supernaturally done that, something like that. Amen. I know you've got the, the widows uh, uh, in the back with uh, uh, Elijah and Elisha there, uh, but uh, there wasn't a prophecy like that. He just went and told her what to do. He wasn't, he wasn't telling her where her secret gold was uh, and, then, uh, and then using that to manipulate her, right? Because if, if, if I tell you something supernaturally, you're going you're gonna to think that that must be God, amen? And therefore, you're going to give, not because the Word of God says to give in that situation, not because your heart tells you to give, but because some person on the outside of you tells you to give. But you should never believe anything a prophet tells you unless it's already in your heart. Amen? We live in the New Testament. We do not live in the Old Testament. Nothing I tell you, whether it's supernatural from the Spirit of God or even revelation from the Word of God, should be something that your spirit goes, wow, I don't know about that. You know? now, I didn't say your mind. I said your spirit, man. Amen? Uh, your spirit, even if, it's, even if it's something you don't know, your spirit man should go, yeah, I, I can hook up with that. Or you can confirm it by reading it in the Word of God. And if I come and prophesy something over to you, your spirit man should, you know, I've been, I've been thinking about doing that. You know, it should be, uh, especially in the area of prophecy in the New Testament, I should never be able to prophesy something to you that, that you don't already have in your heart. Uh, in the New Testament, amen? Uh, we, don't, uh, we do not live in the Old Testament. We live in the New Testament. You have the Spirit of God on the inside of you, Amen? The Spirit of God will always speak to you first. And if you're slow, he may ask somebody to go and confirm what he's been speaking to you to help you. Amen? Uh, only if you're slow, right? So if you get prophesied a lot, you're probably slow, right? So uh, that's just a, 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 you know, a word to the wise right there, right? Why is he always prophesying me? You may be slow. I don't know. Uh, that's not always the case. You know, I'm just being facetious there. Um, but, but it shouldn't be like, wow. I've had people tell me. So-and-so prophet prophesied of me. They, they said, I, I am called to have a worldwide ministry. They, and they said, I don't like to even leave my cat. I want to stay at home and pet my cat. That's all I want to do. I mean, it's not in you to go to, to travel. I hate traveling. It's not in you to, 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 to the, the drive in you is not to go into all the world. I, I, I have no desire to do that. Well, but the, the prophet prophesied this. So, I need to figure out how to do that. Well, when did, when did that happen? 20 years ago? Are you any closer? No, I haven't done a single thing about it. Well, why not? I just don't want to. Well, that's probably not the God. Amen? You know, the things that have been, things have been prophesied over me, but there's nothing that's been prophesied over me that, that I wasn't like, yeah, I can't wait to do that. I've been wanting to do that forever. Amen? And, and even the things that I'm doing today, th some of these things were prophesied 
many, many years ago. Uh, but the thing about prophecy is it's none of my business. If the, if the Lord speaks over it, okay, fine. I put it on a shelf and, well, the Lord, you got it. It's your words, not mine. You go figure it out, right? You go figure out how to make that happen. I don't know how to figure, make that happen. And I'm not going to make it happen. Amen? Uh, and so we, we live in the New Testament. But, uh, yeah, so, so anyway, I didn't finish the story of Brother Hagin. So, so he was going to the Lord and said, Lord, you know, I've been out on the, on the road for a year. You told me to go and, and travel and leave my church where everything was paid for, right? I had a house that was, you know, they had a parsonage back then, right? Paid for by the church. Uh, they would give me a suit every time I went to a conference. They'd pay for me to go to the conference. You know, they'd bring me food all the time. And he so said, we had very little expenses because the church would just bless us with things all the time. And now I'm on my own. I've got to buy my own suits, got to buy my own food, got to pay for my own house. And I'm, I'm broke. You know, my, my kids are not well fed. My, my wife's not well clothed. Uh, and, and, um, but you said in your word that the, that, the, uh, that the willing and obedient shall eat the good of the land. He said, I'm not eating good of the land at all. I, just, I mean, that, you know, you could take that literally, right? If, you, if you're not eating well because you can't afford to eat well, then you're not eating the good of the land, amen? Uh, and so, and of course, you know, the problem with, with talking to the Lord is he may talk back, right? And he said, well, you're right. My word does say that if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat to get to the land. He said, your problem is you're not qualified for that verse. And brother, you're like, well, what do you mean I'm not qualified? You know, you start that, you ever you get that whiny attitude with the Lord? What do you mean? I'm not, you know, <laughs> we've all done it, right? Well, I don't, you know, you know who, who stole your Cheerios, right? Uh, you get, you know, get all fussy at the Lord. Like, well, do you, you know, does somebody make you, give you a bad day and, of course, he doesn't have bad days, but, uh, uh, and so uh, he said, he said, well, Lord, I left everything, went through the whole thing, right? all of his resume. Look at all these wonderful things I've done for you. I did this, I did this, I gave up that, I gave up this, you know, uh, I did all these things, uh, and, uh, and I'm still broke. Uh, but your word says this, so I want to know why I'm not receiving this. You said that I'm not qualified, but, and yet, uh, you know, I've done what you told me to do. He said, you are correct. You were, you, did, you, were, you were willing, you were obedient to do what I told you to do. He said, your problem is you're not willing. Right? See, it, see obedience can be measured in the natural realm. Are you over there? Yeah. Well, then that's obedience, right? Are you over here where you're supposed to be? Yeah, but then, then you're obedient. But can you tell if somebody's ever doing something willingly? I mean, they could hide it. Nobody could tell except for them and the Lord. Amen? Uh, and so he was obedient to go, but he wasn't willing. He, wanted, he, he, he didn't like missing his... Uh, being with his family, he didn't like being gone because back then, you know, there was no, you know, you had, remember, you had one phone in a hallway. You know, they typically they wouldn't stay in hotel rooms; they'd stay at the pastor's house typically, and you'd call once a day, uh, uh, and, and sometimes not even that. And but you'd write write a letters, you know, usually every day, and and that's how they communicated. They wrote letters to each other. Remember, remember letters. Anybody remember writing things by hand, right? Remember when ink pen is, uh, and so. Um, if you go to the museum, you can find ink pens and paper, right? And so, uh, <clears throat> but that's how they communicated. So, you know, it wasn't like today where you can do FaceTime and see their picture in the video and talk to them and, uh, or even hear their voice every day. And uh, I talked to Chris just before service tonight. Uh, we didn't FaceTime, but, uh, uh, you know, she, she's in Las Vegas and just called, not even, what did it cost us? It cost us nothing extra to, to make that phone call, amen? Remember back in the day when long distance phone calls were super expensive? Uh, and nowadays, they're literally free, right, uh, in the U.S. And then even overseas, if you travel overseas, you can call on the, on the phone over the Internet, and it's still free. 
Uh, and it's a, it's a magic, right? Uh, and so, but he didn't want to do that. He, he would have preferred to have been home. And the Lord said, your problem is you're not, you, know, you haven't been willing to do what I've asked you to do. It took him a year being broke for a year before. Now see, did the Lord, why did the Lord tell him that after the first month? After the second month? I mean, he was doing the things. He was studying. He was praying. He was doing the work. You know, he, he was going to do the ministry. He was uh, being out of church for two, three, four, five weeks at a time for the whole first year and, and, and yet had nothing to show for it. And the Lord never intervened. The Lord never said, hey, um, if, if, uh, if you'll straighten up, you know, I can bless you. Uh, and yet the Lord did nothing about it. Why not? He didn't ask. You know, the, the Lord will let you go on for years sometimes. If you don't ask, he, 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 may, he may never tell you. Now, sometimes out of his mercy, he'll, just, he'll intervene and say, hey, dummy, wake up. You, know, I, I, you shouldn't be doing that. Uh, amen. But a lot of times, unless we ask, you know, just on a regular basis, I ask the Lord, uh, even in this ministry, Lord, anything you want me to do differently than I'm doing right now? I mean, whatever, you, I, you know, when we're doing this and this, you know, I, there's more things we could do, right? If we had, uh, even if we had some more people, we could do some more things. But right now, we're doing what we're doing. Anything else you want me to do? You know, anything you want me to do differently than I'm doing? And just, you know, I'll do it every day, but on a pretty regular basis, I'll ask him. And then let him, you know, tell me. And, and, you know, for the most part, you tweak a few things here and there, but for the most part, you know, we're, we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. Amen. We're, we're, we're teaching and preaching three times a week. Uh, and then um, we work on, on books, and uh, that's what we're doing. Amen. Uh, and, um, you know, uh, as we get more time and more people, we'll do other things. Amen. And more, more in different outreaches. And, uh, but, well, shouldn't we do more? I'm not under any pressure to do more, amen, uh, because, uh, you know, some folks have been upset because we don't have certain things going on, certain uh, groups going on, but, uh, you know, I haven't, uh, uh, it, it takes people to do those things, amen, because it would be inappropriate for me to run every single aspect of the ministry, amen, so things like ladies' fellowship, men's fellowship, you know, different things, it would be inappropriate for me to run all those things, um, food, uh, putting together food boxes, you know, um, I could do all that, but then when, when I study and pray, amen? Uh, and I would much rather study and pray than, than uh, uh, you know, whatever, you know, uh, plan for children's church or plan for the nursery, or, uh, go and buy diapers for the nursery, go clean the toys in the nursery room, or go put food boxes together. It's not, it's not that those things are beneath me, but they take time to do, don't they? Amen? Uh, and so, no, no complaints. I got no complaints about we're not doing things, but... Um, uh, but I want to be willing to do what, uh, and obedient to do what the Lord has called me to do. Amen. Uh, and so no complaints on anything. You know, we're not upset because we're not doing certain things. Um, those things will come when they come. Amen. Uh, and so, uh, but Brother Hague said in that, in that testimony, he said, don't tell me it takes a long time to get willing. He said, I just made one change in, in, my, in my heart right then. He said, and then from that point on, things started improving. It didn't improve overnight. Because, you know, you, you dig yourself in a hole, sometimes it takes a way to get, to get out of that hole, amen? But immediately they changed the realm of the Spirit. Uh, and so uh, uh, it took him a while to get that, and that's another whole uh, story about how he learned about finances. But uh, there, there's nothing that says that we have to live a, a life of abject poverty in order to, to prove that we're spiritual. Uh, because how are you going to go into all the world and preach the gospel if you're in abject po poverty? How are you going to help all those who have need, right? Give financially to all those who have need. That's what the word says, right? Uh, Paul said to, to work with your hands. 
so that you may have give to those who have need. Well, if you're working with your hands so that you may have so that you may have to give to those who have need, well, then it means you're going to get a, a uh, uh, you're going to reap from the sowing of your hands, right? Whether that's a job that you get paid uh, an income to produce, uh, then you're reaping from that job, and now you have income, finances to give to those who have need, amen? Uh, and so if that's what Paul said, then you should expect if I do something, I should get a return on that investment, amen? Uh, and and um, uh, to me, it's just, I know that there's so much, there's so much uh, acrimony in the, in the body of Christ in relation to finances, and yet everyone who's upset about the gospel of prosperity, which I don't even like that phrase, but that's what they call it, the gospel of prosperity, everyone who's upset about that, they're all working. They're all wanted. They all desire income. They're all doing something to make money. They all are, hopefully they're giving. So uh, they're not in abject poverty. They're not on the homeless on the side of the street somewhere. Uh, they're all, and, and if, the, if their company cheated them a dollar in their paycheck, they'd go to the HR person to, hey, you know, I'm supposed to get this. You gave me that. I want my dollar. You know, they, they wouldn't need to go, oh, it's, it's okay. You know, I don't need that. Uh, they, they don't do that. In fact, you know, it's funny. One person that um, just excoriated me over this, you know, that this, you know, God said that, that uh, blessed be the poor, which we've had that discussion before, right? Is that what the Bible says in, in the whole counsel of God? You know, it says uh, in Luke's version of the, the Sermon on the Mount, it says, blessed be the poor. But in Matthew's version, it says, blessed be the poor, what? In spirit, right? So should you build your doctrine only on the gospel of Luke? No, that'd be foolish and that'd be poor, poor, uh, a poor showing of a student, right? Because a student of the word should see, well, what did Luke say about it? Well, what did Matthew say about it? Well, they have slightly different, so we've got to put them together. So it's easy to put them together because you just, Matthew included more information. Because it, would, it wouldn't make any sense that you have to be, the only way you can be blessed is to have a bad bank account. And yet he said, if you give it, it shall be given unto you. So how is it even possible if you're doing all the word of God to ever have a bad bank account? Amen. Um, it, well, I gave it all away. Yeah, but he said you'd get it all back. So, I mean, uh, there's no way technically that you can have a bad bank account all the time permanently if you're, if you're doing the word of God. Uh, and so, but that same person, so you should be poor, was telling, was telling me, you know, they, of course, you know, they don't ever, they don't ever reconcile their whole life, right? They compartmentalize, you know, doubt and unbelief over here and then over here with this other thing. And so they were saying, oh, yeah, you've got to be poor. But then they were also telling me, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, uh, going on the road because, uh, you know, the money that I make right now uh, is just okay. But if I go on the road and leave my family for weeks at a time, I can make all, all kinds of money doing like uh, electrical pole work and things like that for storms and stuff. Uh, and, and that's great, but you've got to leave your wife with your small baby by themselves for weeks at a time so that you can make more money. But you don't believe in prosperity, so the, but the money that you make right now is not good enough for you. You want to make more money, but you don't believe in prosperity. It's just, just foolishness, right? I mean, you can't, those, those two, same person, right? It's like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Well, which one are you? Are you this person over here who doesn't believe in prosperity? Or are you this person over here who's covetous and wants everything? Because it's kind of a covetous, you know, money at all cost. It's not, well, you know, I believe the Lord is calling me to do that because that's my, my, my missionary uh, field is to go on. That wasn't that. It wasn't about that. It was about, I need more money. Well, that's a very covetous mentality to have, right? To, that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to forsake my family, my primary responsibility of life, and go, go on the road. And, you know, I'm, you know, my wife travels a lot, you know, but uh, we don't have any small kids at home. Uh, and so, 
uh, it's fine. And, and you know, it, it's not about anything about that. It's, it's his whole mentality because we believe in prosperity. Amen. Uh, and so, uh, but the, the whole, it was just, you know, now I didn't call him on it, right? And say, well, well, what happened to that guy over there? You got mad over here about prosperity, but you're fine with leaving your wife and your baby for weeks at a time, maybe a month at a time, to go make more money. But you're making enough money right now to sustain your wife and family and all that. Why isn't that sufficient? Why aren't you happy with that? Uh, well, I want to make more money. Well, that's, you know what I'm saying? It just, it just don't make any, people are just dumb, right? Uh, and so, uh, no, the, the suffering that you will experience uh, is uh, the suffering of persecution. And anything else beyond that, you need to go to the Lord and say, Lord, what's up? If you're suffering financially, you need to go to the Lord and say, what's up? If you're suffering physically, you need to go to the Lord and say, and, and say what's up? If you're, if you're suffering emotionally, you need to go to the Lord and say, Lord, what's up? You should not be suffering in any other way other than the persecution. And even in a persecution, I would still go to the Lord and say, Lord, can, can I avoid this? Is there something I can do to, to uh, shorten this? Uh, you know, there, there was a time even when I was with my church, and we had lots of uh, come to Jesus meetings, you would call them, you know, where they would just pick me out of a crowd and just excoriate me, tell me how terrible of a person I was. Uh, and, and even uh, even after my pastor died, they called us uh, in the office to, so, you know, this is how sorry the, 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 the devil is in people's lives. They called me and my oldest daughter into the office to excoriate her because uh, one, one of the, the, the cranky old ladies there in the, in the in, you know, I mean that in a very pejorative way, right? But uh, one of the women in that church who just was just, just so selfish said, uh, well, your daughter, when I see her at school, because I substitute teach at school, she won't even look at me. She won't even acknowledge me. You need to do something about your daughter. Like, is this a church? Is this something that you would need to call somebody out in church about? Yeah. And later on, you know, after the meeting, I was talking to my daughter. She said, yeah, you know why I don't talk to her at school? I said, why not? Because she, she's terrifying, right? She's rude and she's mean. That's why I don't talk to her, right? But, you know, a, a, this is a junior high girl, right? All junior high girls are awkward, right? Uh, and they're all terrified of adults. Uh, and, and so, but there was no consideration on the adults' part about, well, maybe, you know, uh, maybe they need to go out of their way to be kind to that, uh, to that teenage girl who's going through super awkward stages of life, right? And so, so you know, uh, I learned a long time ago, just relax and, and see what the Spirit of God says. So the youth leader was there, you know, this, this cranky lady was there, and me and my daughter and two or three of the elders of the church. And so I said, the youth leader's right there. I said, um, uh, I said you're the youth leader. I said, you've been uh, leading my child as a youth leader for many years now. I said, have you ever seen this, this, uh, uh, this action that, that uh, she's talking about? No. I said, you've traveled with her, right? Yeah. You've been to different places with her. Yeah. You've been, to, been out to eat with her, and you've seen her interact with other people uh, all the time, right? Yeah. Have you ever seen this at all? No. Uh, and, and then the other Sunday school teachers were there. I said, you're, you're a Sunday school teacher. You've had her in Sunday school. I said... Um, uh, have you ever seen this, this, uh, her act this way? No. And basically, it, it boiled down to it was, just, it was personal with this person right there because she's terrifying and rude and disrespectful and unkind person. And she was, that, she was one of the people who said if I was on fire that she wouldn't spit on me to put me out. Well, that's the kind of person she was, right? 
she was the person that, uh, that uh, she played the piano on the praise and worship team, uh, and my wife played the saxophone that was kind of behind the piano, kind of over there, and she got so mad at the saxophone, she went and took a, took a towel and stuffed it in my wife's saxophone because she said the saxophone was too loud. There's 20 people on the stage. There's a pastor of the church. There's a sound man. Uh, that was so rude. I mean, it's just amazingly rude that somebody would do something like that, right? Isn't that rude? Uh, now, I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, just about put my wife in tears, you know. Uh, you know, I, I want to get riled up and go, you know, unplug one, two of her keys on a keyboard, you know. Uh, but, um, uh, and so that's the kind of person she was. Always just a mean, just one of these mean, mean old people, right? Just mean, just hateful. Uh, and so why do you think a teenage girl wouldn't want to be around someone like that, right? So basically, you know, I just showed in a meeting that y'all pick, oh, picking on her, y'all to be talking to this adult over here, right? And I couldn't do that because I wasn't, I wasn't a pastor of the church. Yeah, if, I was, if, if, if it happened in my church here, the person doing that, that's the only person I'd be talking to. I wouldn't be talking to no teenage girl. I'd be talking to the adult. What's wrong with you? You're the adult, right? You should act like an adult. Where's walking in love? We're showing kindness. We're being tenderhearted towards somebody, right? Where's your tender mercies towards somebody? You know, uh, that's what I would be asking, amen? Because I expect adults, you know, to act like adults, amen? I don't expect children to act like adults. I expect adults to act like adults, amen? Uh, and, and, of course, there was no... Anytime there's a vacuum of leadership, right, there was, there was leadership vacuums. My pastor was, was has gone. He was dead at that point in time. Uh, flesh rises up. Uh, and, and you have to do your best to stand against it. But, uh, you know, we shouldn't have to let flesh rise up. You know, we shouldn't let flesh rise up, but it does. Amen. Anytime there's a, uh, a leadership vacuum in a church of any kind, flesh will rise up. If the pastor is weak, you know, not, not, uh, not the pastor. You know, I know pastors can be overbearing and they can try to run people's lives. I don't try to run anybody's life, but, uh, but I'm the pastor. Amen. And my job is to, is to secure your safety as sheep. Amen. And if anybody harms anybody in the ministry, that, that's the, I, mean, that's, I can't imagine anything worse. You want to come talk to me about somebody else in church and run them down? No. That just, that it's, so, it's so unkind. Amen. It's so not like the Lord Jesus. Amen. Uh, and so, so yes, there, there is suffering that you'll have to do. Uh, and, and, but see, after that meeting, this is, we get to where we talk about prophesying. After that meeting, the Lord spoke to me supernaturally. He said, that's the last time you'll ever have to do that, be in a meeting like that, you know, come to Jesus meeting. And it was. I've not had to, since that time, you know, I'm not, not uh, now people have been personally against me as a pastor, but not, you know, in that situation from the time, from that point on until we were gone from that church, we never had to do that. And my, my children, had to be, and, and that was really about the only time that I remember that my kids were ever involved in that. Before that, it was, it was only me that they were persecuting uh, and a little bit of my wife with, with a saxophone. Can you believe somebody do that with a saxophone? Isn't she an amazing saxophone player? I mean, you know, just unplug the keyboard, just play the saxophone, you know, and we don't throw away the keyboard, you know, if you're going to have that kind of heart, you know. Uh, but, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, people are funny, right? And, of course, you don't know who I'm talking about. Uh, a few people, my, my friend Jerry Allen probably knows who I'm talking to as he's listening to tonight, but, uh, uh, <laughs> but you can ask him, don't tell him, Jerry, okay? Don't give him any names, all right? Uh, and so... Uh, and, and look, I'm not mad at anybody. You know, I, I hope that they have learned to sh- have some kindness. But, uh, but the problem is if nobody ever uh, confronts them, it will strengthen their sin. Right? It will strengthen that resolve to be unkind, to be rude, and, and to be the big dog in a meeting. Uh, and we are servants of the Most High God. Amen. We serve each other. 
And if we cannot serve each other, then we, we have missed the most important aspect of being a child of God is to be a servant. Amen? And if I have to lord it over you in any way, I have, I have done a disservice to the great example of the Lord Jesus. Amen? He said he came to serve and not to be served. Amen? Um, uh, and uh, we should all remember that. Amen? Uh, and, and I, you know, around here we do, I think. But I have observed many Christians over the years who never got that memo. Amen? You mean I, I ain't serving nobody? Well, well, then, have you met Jesus? I mean, you know, if you met him, he would be a servant. Amen? So we, talk, we talked about last week about um, Romans 8.18. And I'll just read this. For, where Paul said, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. So did Paul suffer at all? He suffered a great amount. Amen? And yes, I do know that Paul said that I have learned both how to be abased and how to abound. Amen? So he's done both. He's not just done only one. Amen? There are times and seasons where, especially in his situation where he's traveling and he's having to provide for himself, that yeah, there were some lean times in those times. But the Lord always took care of him. Amen? He never died of starvation. Amen? Uh, and, but there were other times when he abounded. Uh, and so if he was wise, and I'm sure that he, that he was wise, uh, he would take the times of the years of, of, of abundance and set aside for the years of abasement. Amen. Uh, remember, even the Lord gave uh, Joseph that wisdom. Uh, when Egypt was, was going to have seven years of abundance, uh, the Lord said, here's the wisdom. You set aside so much for the years of, of non-abundance. Amen. So yeah, there was famine in the land, but there was no famine in their, their own lives. Amen. Because they had the abundance of, their, of the wisdom that they had. Uh, and so... Uh, let, let's just look at a, a couple of other verses here in 2 Corinthians chapter, uh, chapter 1. <clears throat> you know, the only way to never be persecuted is to never do anything by faith. Amen? Is to never believe the Word of God. Uh, and so you have to decide for yourself, uh, is the exchange of living by faith and the, the blessings that are, comes from that, is that, is that more valuable to me than the persecution I might receive because of that. Because some people make the, make the I would rather uh, not walk by faith than to suffer any persecution. And some people have made that deal. That they would, they would not believe anything that God says other than salvation. That they won't believe any prosperity or healing or miracles or God speaking to us supernaturally. They won't believe anything because they don't want to be persecuted or to be seen to be of that crowd, of those fanatics. And so they'll live below the blessings of the Lord. Amen. Um, for me personally, there's no way I would exchange your unkindness for anything the Lord wants me to have. You want to be unkind to me? That is not my problem. That is your problem. Amen. And you will have to answer for that. Uh, and so people, I don't believe in that healing. I'd rather live my life of divine health that I've lived in for all these years than you not believing in healing. Amen. Uh, then you, then you thinking bad about me because I do believe in healing. Amen. Now, I'd rather live in, in the prosperity that I have today than, than the being broke like you are and not believing that at all. Even if you say bad things about me, believing in prosperity. Uh, because I'm living, the, the, I'm living a great life right now in every area of my life. Amen. Sleep well every single night. I, I never not sleep well. You know, people, oh, I just, I can't sleep, you know, unless it's perfect humidity, perfect temperature. I can only sleep, I can only sleep in my bed. You ever people sleep things? I can only sleep good in my bed. I can sleep good on a stump. I mean, it just, you don't. Now, I prefer my bed because it's a comfortable bed. It's a nice bed. But if it's a stump and I'm tired, I will sleep and I will sleep well. Uh, amen. Uh, because he, he said that he would give his beloved sleep. Didn't he say that? 
Aren't you his beloved? I'm his beloved. Well, so if you say you can't sleep anywhere, well, your confession is you don't believe the word of God. My confession is I do believe the word of God. And so, well, you're one of those. Yeah, I am. Amen. And I sleep well every night because of it. Uh, and, and so, and I plan to sleep well every night because of it uh, tomorrow. Amen. And tonight. Uh, and so, so Paul said here in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, uh, in verse 5, he says, For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth in, by Christ. But he says, the sufferings of what? Christ. Of Christ. Right? Just remember he said this fellowship of his sufferings. So we can only, we can only look at his life as, as the example of the kinds of sufferings that we should expect. Amen? So I like that because if it says, uh, for as the sufferings of all the apostles in the book of Acts abound in us, well, that, that would make me a little bit, you know, uh, I'm a bit best, uh, unhappy because they were beheaded, some of them, right? And, and, and murdered. Well, I'm not, am I signing up? For, I don't want to sign. You want to sign up for that? You, go, if you want to, fine, go ahead. None of my business. But I, I you know, if I got a choice, I don't want to sign up for that. Sufferings for Christ, was he ever murdered before the cross? Right? We can't count the cross because that's a substitutionary sacrifice. But before the cross, how many times was he murdered? Well, none. How many times was he even stoned? None. Now, how many times was he attempted to be harmed? Lots of times, amen. So, I, you know, I kind of want to lean towards that, you know, and, and I think, you know, he did say that he would deliver us from wicked and unreasonable men in the epistles. Paul told that to the Thessalonians. So I'm kind of leaning towards, towards the Lord Jesus' example, right? Because that's what he says, sufferings of Christ, right? Fellowship of his sufferings. So those do abound in us. People will say bad things about you. But there is, I mean, when, you, when I look at the balance of their unkind words versus the blessings of the Lord that I get to live in, there's no exchange there at all. Now, I could be mean and hateful like they are and come down to their level of, of bitterness and, and unkindness and show them, but I'd much rather stay above the, above the fray and, and just, you know, look at them, well, bless them, Lord, you know, which means that they're dumb. That's why you say bless them, Lord, right? Uh, but uh, I would rather walk in love, amen? Uh, and look, those people, if I saw them today, I, I'd be glad to see them. Hey, how's it going, you know? Uh, I got no ill will towards him. I wish no harm towards him. I, you know, I just, I have, in fact, I've prayed many times for the, for the Lord to bless him and increase him. Amen. Uh, and so, so that abound uh, there in, in 2 Corinthians 1, 5 uh, is present tense. Amen. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us. So in this present time, you will suffer like the Lord suffered. Amen. Not, but you can't include the cross because that's, that was he did on our behalf. Amen. You, you can only include the sufferings he did prior to the cross. Amen? Um, and so, uh, so what, what was included with the Lord? It was persecution. What about sickness and disease? How many times was the Lord sick or diseased? None. What about abject poverty? Was the Lord ever in abject poverty? Did, didn't he have a staff of 12? Didn't he have a personal accountant that traveled him everywhere he went? Named Judas, right? Terrible accountant, but still an accountant, right? Um, was, was that included? No. What about depression? Was, it, was, was the Lord Jesus depressed? No. And so if you're suffering in any anguish of any kind, it's that don't, don't say, I'm just suffering for the Lord. No, that's not suffering for the Lord. That's just suffering. Amen. Uh, his sufferings of Christ abound in us. Amen. Not sufferings that the world experiences. We are not required to suffer in any way that the world suffers. Amen. Uh, we only suffer. See, the, suffer, the, the world does not suffer persecution. The church suffers persecution, amen? The church suffers everything else, 
poverty, sickness, and disease, lack, you know, depression, just, you know, hurt feelings, whatever, all the time. Uh, we're not required to suffer in any of those ways. In fact, we have the right to be uh, victorious over all of those, amen? Now, you will have to apply faith to stay out of all of those, amen? You, you know, now some people are just naturally never depressed, fine, amen? Some people have to apply faith to, to ward that away. Now, I refuse to be depressed, amen? God is for me, who can be against me? Uh, sometimes you have to apply faith to, to fight the good fight of faith to, to get out of those things, and that's fine. That's, that's, part, of the, that's part of the deal, amen? Because the devil will try to make, put the sufferings of the world upon you all the time, uh, in every way, amen? But you're not required to suffer in any way at all like the world suffers, uh, amen? Uh, and so, of course, we, we mentioned this earlier, but the, the verse that we mentioned uh, earlier was in Mark 4, 17. This was the story of the... Uh, uh, the the sower soweth the word, uh, but it says in verse 17, and have no root in themselves, and so endure, but for a time afterward, when affliction or persecution ariseth for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. So, so one of the types of soil was this soil that has no root. Amen. See, the, the, the Lord is always putting the word in you. Amen. Every time you go to church, every time you read the word of God, every time you meditate on the word, the Lord's putting the word in you. But the job of the devil, he's got to get that. He, he's terrified of the word being in the child of God, so he has to get that word out of them. And so, as soon as it comes, it says, he says, uh, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. People have no root. And you know, you've, you've seen people like that. You know, first little conflict comes in the church, they're gone. Well, where'd they go? They got offended. The smallest little thing. They got no root, and they'll just bounce from one place to another place. You know. And you ask him, you know, uh, well, I know I talked to one person one time. Uh, they said, I, you know, they were bragging about it. I've been to 13 different churches, you know, in this town. That is not a badge of honor. That is somebody who, who is immediately is offended because something isn't said that they, something is said that they don't like. Amen. You know, it should be not, I mean, there's no goal. But if the pastor never says anything that offends you, uh, you know, you might want to check up on what's ever being preached. Amen. Uh, I mean, I have no desire to offend anybody, but I've probably offended everybody in this church at least once. Amen. And I've probably offended a lot of people who have left this church more than once. Uh, and, and, you know, I'll tell you, one person left many years ago, and I was in minding my own business, but they've been gone for years, you know, and, and the Lord said, uh, do you know why they left? Because, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think about it. You know, if they leave, if people leave the church, I, you know, I'll pray for them until, you know, until I just don't think about them anymore. Uh, you know, that I'm, I'm just trying, I'm not trying to forget them. I just, you know, I move on. Amen. And, and I pray for the Lord to bless them and increase them and be good to them wherever they're at. Uh, and, but the Lord, every now and then, uh, he'll say something. And you know why they left? No, Lord, why? He's not like some deep dark. He said they left because they ran out of toes. Because they kept stepping on their toes, you know. And then they, 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 you know, stepped on that toe. And then they stepped on that toe. And then they stepped on that. And they ran out of toes and they left. And I thought, isn't it the funniest thing? You know, I think that's, funny. I thought, that's the Lord's got a sense of humor, right? They left, ran out of toads. <laughs> and so immediately they were offended, right? That little piggy toe was offended, right? And finally it got up to that big toe. It was offended. And it started on the other side. And big toe got offended all the way down to the little piggy toe. And the last, last piggy toe got offended. They were out of here. I mean, I'm sorry. You know, I, if you really knew me, you would know that I have no desire to offend anybody. I mean, if you really knew, if you really knew me at all, uh, you know, my, I have no desire to offend anybody. Amen. 
<laughs> now, if you want to have an attitude about things, you know, it's like, I, don't, I ain't got time for that stuff. But, uh, but let's turn over to, where, where were we at there in second, uh, we're in Mark, turn over to Second Corinthians uh, chapter 4. And so, uh, of course, Paul uh, has a list here. Um, and so he's talking about some of the sufferings that he's experiencing. He says, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. See, I love these. We are perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed. See, all of these things, regardless of what's coming, he's going to answer. Amen. Oh, yeah, trouble on every side. Everywhere he looks, there's trouble. He said, but I'm not distressed. Not moved, right? Uh, these things do not move me. Uh, he said that to, to, the, to the Ephesians, right? Uh, none of these things move me. Are you moved when you're perplexed? When you look in every direction, all you see is chaos and, and just... Uh, pandemonium everywhere, right? You, you head this way and it's, it's insane, head that way, it's insane, head that way. It's, everywhere you look, right? You're perplexed, like, what is going on? Amen. Uh, troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed uh, or puzzled, uh, but not in despair. Uh, you know, despair, the child of God has no business ever being in despair. Amen. Because don't you have an answer? Does, uh, don't you have a... a, a a, a way for the Lord to help, for the Lord to get you out of that. Didn't He say that there are many other afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord does what? Delivers you out of how many? All. Well, if He delivers you out of them all, why would you ever be in despair? Didn't He say that? Uh, I mean, you know. And so, uh, see, th- these are great lists because for every every issue, for every suffering that He does, He has an answer. Trouble in every side. I'm not distressed. I'm perplexed, you know, but I'm not in despair. I'm persecuted, but I'm not forsaken. God loves me. You want to persecute me? God just reminds me, you know, I love you. Well, I mean, so your persecution versus the love of God, I mean, it's not, it's embarrassing. It's not even, that's not, that's why he said the sufferings of the world are not worthy to be compared to the glory that, that shall be revealed in us. Amen. When I compare the sufferings of this world compared to, to uh, uh, being not forsaken, there's no comparison. Minor, it's a minor, it's a minor blip, amen? But how many times people elevate and, and uh, enhance and, and glorify their sufferings? Oh, I'm just suffering for Jesus. Oh, it's just so hard suffering for Jesus. It's so hard being a Christian. I would never say anything as foolish as that because that says that, that I am uh, perplexed, that I am in despair, uh, that I am distressed, and that I am forsaken. I mean, if I was really forsaken, I wouldn't be in despair. But I'm not forsaken. If God is for me, what? Who could be? Is that, is that not a true statement? It is a true statement. If God is for you, which he is, then, uh, then, then who could be against you? Someone comes against you. Who are you? Oh, you're, oh, you're you, but, but he's for me. But you're not for me. Yeah, but he's for me. If he's for me, what you, what you say your name was again? You know, it's, who are you? That's what he said. Who are you? Who, who art thou? Amen. Um, and so, and he goes on and talks about always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. Now, uh, when he's talking about the dying of the Lord Jesus, is he talking about going to the cross? No, because we, we, don't, uh, we don't go to the cross physically, right? Uh, but we do, have, we do have our cross to bear. Amen. In other words, what is God's will for you? That's the, God's will for Jesus was the cross. And when Jesus said, you've got to take up your cross daily, you got to take up what God wants you to do every day. Amen? 
So that's the so that's dying to your own uh, own wants and desires. Amen. In that sense, that's what he's talking about. So do you do you bear about in the body the dying of our Lord Jesus? Did he die from sickness and disease? No. Then that's not the kind of dying that he's talking about. Amen. Uh, that the life of, of Jesus might be made manifest in, in our body. So if the life of, of Jesus is made manifest in my body, that life there is zoe, that's the God kind, the God quality of life. But that's man, if that is manifested in my body, how much sickness and disease would I ever experience? None, because life always dispels death. Amen. All sickness is, is death begun. Amen. Even if it's a cold, if left unchecked by your immune system, you would die from that. Amen. People that are immune, immune deficient will die from the smallest cut, the smallest germ. But our bodies, you know, a normal healthy body will, will displace uh, most sicknesses and diseases without you even knowing about them. Uh, and so, but that life of God, if it's in you, that Zoe life of God is in you, it will, and if it's manif made manifest in your body, then it will dispel all, all uh, death. For we live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake. Uh, well, he's not talking about their... Uh, physical death, he's just talking about the, the, the suffering that he has, that life also of Jesus might be manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. <clears throat> and so uh, what Paul is saying is, I've, chose, I've chosen to die to what I want to do so that you can have life. Uh, I've chosen, in other words, I've chosen to be a servant to you, is what he's telling the, the Corinthians here. Uh, and so uh, verse 8 in another translation says, uh, the the uh, King James says, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not despair. Another translation says, on every side, pressed hard, but not hemmed in. With, without a way, but not without a byway. Uh, and so uh, we are pressed hard, but not hemmed in. There's always an out. There's always a way out. In fact, the Lord spoke to me one time. Just There, there were some things going on uh, in my life that I want to resolve. And he said, there's always a path to victory. Now, I may have to walk through from here to there to get to victory, but there's always a path to it. Wherever I'm at, I can get to victory. Because he said, this is the victory of the overcome of the world, even my what? My faith, right? So, so this is the victory of the overcome of the world, so whatever's in my way, there's a path to victory. My, the path is faith, right? But, that's what he, but that was a word in due season, right? That was a word that, that I needed. There is a path. Because sometimes you look around and say, I, I don't see, how do I get there? It, you know, I don't know which way to go. Sometimes it doesn't matter. You just have to know there's a path. And so instead of, instead of trying to get out of that, I start looking for the answer. I start looking for, well, then, Lord, Lord which, which step do I take? Because I just need one step. Uh, once I take one step, then I can take a second step. Uh, and so uh, in, the same, in the same book there, uh, in chapter 11 of 2 Corinthians, Paul gives us another list of things. <clears throat> uh, he says, in, in verse uh, 22, this sounds similar to Philippians chapter 3. He said, are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they of the seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. And laborers more abundant. Uh, in stripes above measure. In prisons more frequent. In deaths often. Of the Jews, five times received I 40 stripes, save one. That's 195 stripes, in case you were counting. Thrice or three times was I beaten with rods. Once was I stoned. Uh, Thrice I suffered shipwreck, a night in the day I had been in the deep, in journeyings often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, robbers, in perils by my own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness, in painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fat, fastings often, 
in cold and nakedness. Besides those things which are that without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. Who is weak, and I am not weak? Who is offended, and I burn not? Uh, and so, again, Paul is talking about all of these things. And yet, Paul, in all of these perils, he was delivered out of these things. Amen? Yet, Paul, the Bible says that Paul got the experience, uh, uh, we're in 2 Corinthians. Turn over to uh, uh, Acts chapter 19. And then we'll, we'll finish up here in just a minute then. In Acts chapter 19, it says in verse 11, And God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul, so that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and the diseases departed from them, and evil spirits went out of them. So Paul suffered, but he was able to do not just miracles. I mean, miracles are pretty good, right? Anybody, do, anybody want to do miracles? We all want to do miracles, right? But there's miracles, and then the Bible said there's special miracles, right? These are above extraordinary, above superabundant, uh, spectacular miracles. Amen? How God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul. Why? Because Paul was willing to do whatever the Lord asked him to do. Amen? So what would you, what would you give for that? Now, his sufferings didn't earn him the right to those special miracles. Amen? His obedience did. He, uh, the Lord said, I need you to go there and teach those people. And he would go there and teach those people. Some of those people would get mad at him. Some of those people tried to kill him. But the obedience to go is why he was able to do the special miracles, right? It wasn't the earning of the stripes and the earnings of, of, the, uh, of the persecution that earned him the right to do the miracles. It was the, the, the willingness to be obedient to the will of God that, that gave him the right to do these special miracles, amen? Yeah. And, you know, there are plenty of times Paul went and they loved Paul, amen? And it was, so it wasn't a big deal. He would go and they would love him. And they, weren't, they wouldn't persecute him. So he wasn't like every single day he was running for his life uh, through, through the fields. Uh, there were plenty of times, sometimes months at a time, years at a time, where he would go to a place and just stay there for a year or two. And they would love him. They would let him, uh, follow, he, they would let him uh, pastor them and establish a church there. Uh, and, and so uh, would, you, uh, would you be willing to do the will of God if the Lord would use you for special miracles? Well, sure. But see, if you're never willing to do the will of God because you're concerned about uh, the suffering part, you will never be used of God in any great way. You know, the way Brother Hagin always said it, you know, unless you, uh, unless you suffered, uh, you know, uh, you'll never amount to anything with God. And what he meant by that, unless you're really willing to obey God, regardless of the cost, uh, you'll never be used of God. And that's a true statement. Amen. Because uh, uh, you will suffer, amen? <clears throat> and if you don't want to suffer, then don't ever want to be used of God, amen? If you don't want to suffer, then don't ever desire spiritual blessings from the Lord, amen? Uh, I want everything the Lord wants me to have. If I've got to suffer a little bit in, in, this, uh, in this world, I mean, the worst they could do is kill me, I'd go to heaven. You know, I mean, I, and, and, and doing that, that'd be, that'd be a gold star, right? Like a cherry on top, you know, well... They martyred me for the Lord. Now, I'm not interested in being martyred. Amen. In fact, if that, ever, if that ever comes my way, I'm going to talk to the Lord about it. Lord, you know, what's your options here? Amen. I'm going to talk to him. I'm not going to just roll over and let him, you know, cut my head off. I'm going to talk to the Lord about it. I mean, now, it, look, if the if Lord said, yeah, I, I need you to, to do that. I mean, I, I don't know that he's ever done that to anybody. But if he did, I'd, no problem, Lord. I mean, you're going to have to reward me because you're cutting my life short here because you promised me a long life. You know, this is not a long life. So... I'd talk to him about it. Then I want all the, I want all the rewards that I'm, I'm going to miss out on the earth. I want them in my account. And, 
And when you show me the balance first, then I'll, then I'll let them cut my head off, right? Uh, but uh, the most important thing in your life you could do is obey the Lord. Amen? And that's really all of us. If we'll, if we'll obey the Lord, yeah, there's, there is some minor, Paul called it, uh, light afflictions. Amen? These light afflictions. We read this list, right? Does that list sound like a light affliction? Does 195 lashings beaten with rods several times, stoned? Does that sound light to anybody? Did to Paul? You, you call me a bad name? I mean, that's, you know, in our, in our society, that's about the worst. You, you think bad about me? You've gossiped about me? That's, you know, I mean, we don't really have to suffer too much physical persecution in America. I mean, occasionally we do. You go overseas, you do uh, real persecution, physical persecution. But over here, it's just, they just talk about you, right? They shun you in public. Ooh. <laughs> they talk about you. They gossip about you. They, they say bad things about you and your mama. That, that's all you got, really? I mean, I mean, Paul called his things light afflictions. If that's the best we got here in America, I mean, they don't even, they don't even measure to be called light afflictions. It's embarrassing to even call them afflictions, amen, compared to what Paul had to suffer. Uh, and so uh, the fellowship of his sufferings, amen. So if it's not part of the sufferings that he did, you're not required to suffer that way, amen. If you're, if you're full of sickness and disease, I'm suffering for Jesus. Nope, you're not. Jesus didn't suffer that way. If you're broke, you know, and, and under the barrel like bro- Brother Hagin was, that's not Jesus, amen. Uh, if you're full of depression and sadness, that's not, that's not Jesus, amen. It's a fellowship of his suffering, so you've got to make sure you, you uh, do that, amen, include that part of it. And so let's pray and thank the Lord for his word. So, Father, we do thank you for your word. And, Father, we thank you that, yes, there is sufferings that come. Uh, we don't thank you for the sufferings, Father, but we thank you that uh, as we're obedient that you will bless us and increase us, Father. And, Father, uh, we will put ourselves in place to be used of you if, you if you desire to use us, Father, in the area of special miracles. Uh, then, Father, the, the road to be used of special miracles is paved on the road of obedience. Uh, and so, Father, we will obey. We will speak, Father. We will go. We will do as you instruct us to do, Father. We will believe as you instruct us to believe, Father. And if, if that offends people, Father, we have no desire to, to bring offense, Father, but sometimes people take offense. Uh, and so, uh, Lord, uh, we thank you that uh, we will get to receive the blessings of obedience, the blessings of believing you, the blessings of, of divine health, Father, and a full and a prosperous bank account. Father, we will receive those blessings because you promised them to us. And, Father, we will remain in the correct place in our lives of obedience in order to, to be in a place to receive all of your blessings. We thank you for that, Father. We give you the praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. I'm just glad I don't have the oranges, you know, every day for a year in order to prove uh, how spiritual I am. Amen. Now, I like oranges. I love orange juice. Amen. But I am not interested in eating oranges every day. I mean, it'd be exhausting. Like, I got to peel another orange. Like, wow. You know, it's so hard. Life is so hard. I got to peel an orange, right? Uh, amen. Well, praise God. Let's get ready to receive this evening's offering. And um, like I said, Chris will be right back in Tennessee. Uh, on, um, <clears throat> on Friday, so I haven't asked her what the weather is like out there. It was really nice here yesterday. It wasn't quite as nice here today, right? Uh, and so, um, uh, but that's all right. Uh, the Lord is still the Lord, amen? We'll come ahead, Mr. Jared, receive the offering. And um, Jared's going to go down to, um, uh, to Georgia next week for, for school. They're doing a, a mission trip down to school to go help some disadvantaged people down there. 
And uh, you don't know yet what you're going to be doing, do you, Jared? Uh, like sometimes they do things like paint houses and dig ditches or whatever, you know. Uh, but um, <clears throat> whatever, you know, they just go to be servants, amen, whatever. There's usually outreaches down there to the, to the disadvantaged folks, and so um, the, the, he'll be there all next week for um, during spring break. So I'll uh, be praying for Jared, you know, that the opportunity, uh, you know, nothing wrong with helping uh, dig a ditch or paint a, paint a wall, but uh, most important thing is preach the gospel, amen? And so minister to people, pray for the sick, amen, raise the dead. The group of people he's with don't much raise the dead all that often, but, you know. <laughs> but, you know, the Lord may make an opportunity, you know, to do it when nobody's looking. Amen. Uh, and so, because, you know, you don't, it's not his trip there, so he has to work within the constraints of that trip there. But the Lord will make a way if there's a way, for opportunity for, for ministry. Amen. Uh, and so, praise God. We'll be blessed. Uh, have a wonderful week. We'll see you on Sunday.